to For Good Measure, an interview series celebrating diverse composers and other creative artists, sponsored by a grant from the California Arts Council. I'm Nanette McGinnis, Artistic Executive Director of Ensemble for These Times. In this week's episode, we continue our conversation with Erica Oba, who we spoke to in May 2022. Has your music been influenced by your experience as a Japanese-American woman? And if so, how? I think so, yeah. I mean, my I, my parents both immigrated from Japan, so I feel like culturally I grew up in a fairly Japanese household, and I feel like that, it, you know, that's just who I am and intractable from who I am as a person. Um, and I think, um, yeah, I think consciously and unconsciously it, it it does inform the work that I do and some of it you know is in just like thematic content and you can maybe see that sometimes even just like in like um like titles and that kind of thing uh but also like aesthetically I do I do think that um you know that has informed <laughs> where I'm coming from and you know, I wasn't trained in any particular like traditional Japanese music traditions, but um, you know, there are uh, like different Japanese music traditions that are around me. So I feel like you know some of that has been absorbed. Um, my my mother for a while was studying Okinawa sanshin music. That's the three string um, Okinawa like banjo, and I you know I love that music and uh there was a period of time when you know I was hearing quite a bit of it cuz my mom was doing it and you know she was playing with local people and um it was a fabulous local sanshin player who was leading these groups and uh I I was so fascinated with that specific tradition so I, I feel like for uh sanshin music I've like definitely you know deliberately pulled like uh like not just musical content, but just like ideas about musical form and ways of like organizing music and ideas that I've tried to incorporate into some of my music. Um, And then I also used to play (laughs) briefly, I played like the traditional Japanese bamboo flute, the fue with a local taiko group. (laughs) And uh, that, that was also just super fun. And, um, and it was a, it was like mostly older retired women who were just like super buff and, you know, really fit going with these huge taiko drums and yeah (laughs) for for that tradition too I think I got a lot out of just seeing you know different ways of conceptualizing music and how they communicate and organize musical ideas is you know it's its own language and tradition that's different from you know kind of the more traditional western music traditions that I went to school for um so I feel like both of those things, just being in those spaces, I like absorb some things and tried to, um, you know, approach my music, uh, you know, from from those angles too. It's like, oh well, like if we're not coming at it from necessarily like notated music, how do people like learn these really complex long things by ear? And it's like, oh, that's how they do, it. you know. So, uh, yeah, I think those things have continued to influence how I think about music and. I've written a couple pieces where I was trying to kind of emulate um, 
the communal playing style. So it's, you know, it's uh, non-hierarchical. So it's not like you have a conductor and then you have to, but they can still have these like pretty complex large ensembles doing things. So I've written a couple pieces where I was like, okay, well, how can I model this to, you know, to varying degrees of success? I don't know that it's always successful, but it, it's been an interesting process and practice for me. So I'll probably keep experimenting with these things. Um, for... The taiko groups, I mean, I think part of it is just that they train themselves to have incredibly good memories. <laughs> um, and they, they have, you know, these pretty complex rhythmic patterns and beat cycles that they'll just, like, uh, learn and then, like, internalize. And it's almost like dance, actually, because a lot of it's very physical, too, um, if you've ever seen taiko drums. So a it lot of it's, like, have. choreographed. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of like choreography, too. And um, I was certainly never able to memorize things to the degree that they could. So I was always, like, translating what they were doing and, like, writing out <laughs> notes for myself <laughs> so that I could, like, follow the map. But, you know, they would, like, go for, like, 20 minutes and they'd just, like, have it in their brains, which I find very impressive. <laughs> You mentioned different forms and structures. Yeah, or like just ways of approaching, um, I guess, like musical form and like tonality even. So with the three-string banjo, like you're not necessarily playing chords, right? So you just have these three pitches that you're working off of. And then um, it's usually like a counterpoint line against whatever you're singing. So... Oh. Um, yeah, like even just that <laughs> as a musical like structure starting point was interesting for me. Um, so, yeah, I, I would say like even when I'm writing like string quartet music, I'll like some of that tonality is in my ear and in my brain while I'm trying to, you know, explore different ideas. Not necessarily to try to like emulate it, but just as like, you know, one, one way of approaching sound and music <laughs> that <laughs> I, I, I find very generative. Yeah, an expanded timbral universe. Yeah. You recently collaborated with Meredith Monk. What an amazing opportunity. What was that experience like? It was one of like the the more magical things I think I've gotten to do in my life. She was just so, such a wonderful presence and I think she takes mentorship really really seriously and was just so generous in her energy and um her music was just I, I don't know that I've played music on flute that felt so physically good to play um just like the way like playing her lines resonated in my body while I was playing them felt good and uh how it resonated with everybody else doing their parts it was, it was just a um, a really wonderful experience. And it was my first big live performance that I'd done since the pandemic. So I feel like I got very, very lucky that, you know, I can ease my way back into performance with this kind of amazing ensemble and music opportunity. Thank you for listening to For Good Measure and a special thank you to our guest, Erica Oba, for joining us today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe to our podcast by clicking on the subscribe button and support us by sharing it with your friends, posting about it on social media, and leaving us a rating and a review. To learn more about E4TT, our concert season online and in the Bay Area, or to make a tax-deductible donation, please visit us at www.e4tt.org. This podcast is made possible in part by a grant from the California Arts Council and generous donors like you. 
Four Good Measures produced by Nanette McGuinness and Ensemble for These Times and designed by Brennan Stokes. With special thanks to audio engineer extraordinaire Stephanie Newman. Remember to keep supporting equity in the arts and tune in next week for Good Measure.